welcome to the I Am A Woman podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Strickland, and I'm super honored. We just got an incredible award. I was honestly so surprised, and I don't know why, because when I set out to do this podcast, I certainly wanted to receive something like this, but I was so amazed at the Spark Media Annual Conference. Our podcast was voted best podcast for women of 2023 and I'm like wow that that is so incredible considering that we just started in January you guys are so amazing I owe it all to you to my incredible listeners and friends especially those of you on Facebook lately that have been sending me such encouraging messages (laughs) I just want to thank you guys so much make sure you to leave us a review because that makes a huge difference in the life of the podcast so that people can see that it it truly is impacting lives. So welcome to all of you who are listening around the world. I love seeing all the incredible places people are listening from, whether it's Canada or Europe or the United States or even Africa and Fiji. I just want to give a shout out to our international listeners and thank you guys so much for following along. Okay, I am still hard at work on my book. Uh, The I Am A Woman book, Taking Back Our Name, is coming out next spring. I'm super excited. I'm in the second major round of editing now. And so while I do that, I'm taking the opportunity to share some spoken messages with you. I uh, shared two messages from Victory Church in Providence, Rhode Island. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those that I did at a recent women's retreat, make sure to back up and listen in. And today I'm sharing a message I did at the district's youth conference in Green Bay, Wisconsin in February. And I had a chance to speak to 5,000 youth about the meaning of gender. This message is super fresh for me because at the time I was just beginning to wrap my brain around the Hebrew meaning of male and female, man and woman. So you may have heard of some of this before, but if you haven't, listen, jump in. It's such a journey of discovery when we study gender in God's word. I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget, I am a woman and my name means life. Hey guys, I'm so glad that you came. We're going to talk about man and women and male and female and how we can be salt and light in this generation. We are not afraid. Amen. We are not afraid to tackle the tough subjects. I'm not afraid to call out the media. If you weren't in the senior breakfast this morning, I'm going to give you just a quick overview of who I am and why I'm here. I grew up in the modeling industry. At eight years old, I started modeling. At 15 years old, I did my first television commercial. At 17 years old, I appeared in Vogue Cosmopolitan, in front of cameras, and in magazines, until I saw the lies. Until I was able to see that they were creating an image that girls could never live up to. That back then, we didn't have filters. (laughs) So they would poke at my pimples with their dirty makeup brush and they would try to cover all my flaws when I was a teenager, trying to look perfect for the camera. And it was an image that I could never reach. The lies of the media haven't changed. 
and I'm here to call them out today. I want you to stand up because I wanna humble myself before the Lord and pray for this session. Would you do that for me? Would you just stand up for just a moment quietly? Abba God, Father God, Holy Spirit come. Mm. These are your children. They're loved, they're chosen, they're anointed and appointed. And they are here today, not to hear from me, but to hear from you. Thank you for saving me when I was at rock bottom at the end of myself on the brink of suicide, struggling with anorexia, struggling with drug abuse and alcohol abuse, and having been hurt by so many people when I cried out for help. And you sent amazing warriors and messengers, men, women, old men, young girls. <laughs> you sent your people on my behalf to free me from the lies of the media and to speak truth to this generation. Thank you, God. Now I ask that I would step aside and you would speak to your sons and you would impart revelation to your daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Really quick, yes, we'll give God a praise. Give him a praise. So my session today is what is a woman and how are men and women differently? I wanna to talk to you about the secrets of biblical gender identity. You know, when I first started uh, looking at this topic, people I knew and loved believed gender ideology. And so I began to try to figure out what was wrong with it. I kept thinking gender identity, gender identity. I don't, because I teach identity. I've been teaching identity for 20 years to girls who look in the mirror feel like they're ugly, feel like they're fat, feel like they're not enough, feel like they'll never measure up to the images they see on Instagram. And based on their feelings, they make an agreement with the enemy. They, they make an agreement with a lie. And so how do, we, how do we help them, right? And so for 20 years, our ministry has been helping girls and guys to find out who they are in God's eyes, to look into the mirror of his word and discover who they are. Because the mirror of the word is never changing. God says in Malachi 3.6, I, the Lord, do not change. Your body's going to change. Look at your grandmother in a bathing suit. She didn't look like that at 16. In fact, grandma, don't put on a bathing suit, please. Right? It's okay to laugh. You're, the mirror is always changing. Man is always changing. Pe media is always changing. People are always changing. That roller coaster ride of, of it always changing for me led me to a place where I did not know who I was. I could never measure up to the image of perfection demanded upon, upon me by the media. When I was 22 years old, I was walking the runway for Giorgio Armani in, in Italy, Milan, Paris, New York. I was traveling around the world working as a model and I never felt 
like I was enough. I never felt really beautiful, loved, chosen, seen, heard. It was all outward. So as we've watched this generation make everything is changed outside in. Oh, you don't feel good about your body? Take some testosterone outside in. Oh, you don't feel good about your body? Cut yourself outside in. You don't feel good about your body? Throw up outside in. You want to change? Change your dress. Change your hat. You could go masculine, go feminine, go non-binary. All of it is outside in. See, Satan does everything outside in. God does everything inside out. And so as I have been watching, our ministry has produced resources. And I just want to share quickly what those are before I share with you the secrets in your name, man. And the beauty and power and the secrets in your name, woman. The first book I have for you on my table out there today is Girl Perfect. This is my story of traveling around the world as a model and finding myself on the brink of suicide, trying to measure up to this outside-in world. The second one is more beautiful than you know, interestingly. The Christian school in my town actually teaches that center book to guys too, because it's just identity in Christ, all it is. If you don't know who you are in Christ, it's this simple. He is your father, you are his son or his daughter. He is the creator, you are his creation. That's more beautiful than you know, that's all it is. He is holy, we are holy. He is the light, we are the light. He is the most high, we are his chosen representatives. And the third book that was up there was 21 Myths Even Good Girls Believe About Sex. That's a book for, on sexual integrity for girls. That was the last book I wrote on helping you understand your body, holiness, marriage, and God's plan for that. That was before COVID. That was before the world went insane. That was before all this. And now we're here today. Right now I'm, bibing, I'm writing another Bible study for boys and girls called Who I Am, The Secrets in the Name Man and Woman. I can't release it yet because we're getting it theologically approved. But please come by my booth. I'm launching a podcast called I Am a Woman. And boys, if you want to know anything about women, listen. Don't you have to tell anybody. Why? Why am I doing this? Because as I told you earlier today, the, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary changed the definition of the word woman in, in last year. Cambridge just followed suit. The only definition of the word woman that will be unchanging, because this doesn't change. God doesn't change. He's not a man that he should lie nor change his mind. Your online dictionaries, they're going to keep changing. They're going to keep changing the language. And you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And it is up to you to preserve the meaning of the word man and woman. I would love to make this session light. But I really believe it's just, it's like oh, serious. It's really serious. Because right now, in the United States, we have genital mutilation going on. We have children whose bodies are being mutilated. Mutilated. 
because they have made an agreement with a lie with the enemy about their created bodies. There is a, a biblical principle, okay? It's called zakhar, zakhar. And it's, it's remembering. It's really that simple. There's a biblical principle called remembering. When you see the rainbow in the clouds, see the Lord says in Genesis, when you see the rainbow in the clouds, you are supposed to think of what? Who knows? His promise. When you think of the rainbow right now, what do you think? Pride. In what? Oh, pride. Wait a minute. God opposes the pride. God opposes pride. God hates pride. So what are we doing here? Okay, so hold on. In Genesis, it says, when you see the bow in the cloud, you are to remember the promise that I made, the covenant that I made between myself and all mankind and all living creatures, even the creepy, crawly things on the ground, that I would never again destroy the earth with water. I would never do it again. Why did he destroy the earth with water? Tell me. Right, with what? Their bodies. Because there were so many people doing evil things with their bodies. And they were doing exactly what they took, did in the Bible. What, exactly what they did in the garden. They were seeing something desirable and they were taking and eating. They were seeing women and they were taking and t- they were taking. It was the same action over and over and over. And they were taking. They were following lust. They were following the desire. And so he flooded the earth. And then he said, I'll never do it again. And every time you see the rainbow, I want you to know I will never destroy the earth again by water. Remember when you see the bow in the clouds, okay? That's what God's saying. There's a spiritual principle called zakar. It is to remember. He said it over and over and over and over and over. It's all throughout the word. Remember the promises. Remember how I took you through the Red Sea. Remember how I parted the waters. Remember my promises. Remember who I am. Remember, 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 remember. Why? Because if you don't, the mind control of media is going to get you to believe a lie that it is actually representing something else. Remember, remember, remember. The very interesting thing is this word zakar, remember, is the same word for male. Okay? It's the same word for male. He says, when the bow is in the cloud, remember, remember the Sabbath. He remembers that you are dust. The Hebrew word zakar, male, means one who remembers the commands of God and lives them out. Now, let me, let me, let me just say something to you guys about this pronoun generation. Okay, number one, pronouns don't tell me anything about you. They tell me nothing about you. Okay, after I quit modeling, I got my master's degree in writing, and I, was, I became a grammar teacher and a high school teacher and a writing teacher in the college and wrote a bunch of books. Okay, let me just tell you. I study grammar. When we used to teach grammar lessons, what would we do? We would underline the subject, and we would circle the verb. Why? Because that's where the power is. See, your power is in your verbs. Your power is in your verbs. And the Bible is a language of verbs. See, to be male, okay, let, let, let me put it this way. You look up the word male 
in the English dictionary, what you're going to find is body parts. You're going to find male, female, X chromosomes, Y chromosomes. You're going to find things about, you know, sperm, eggs, womb, all this stuff. You're going to see, you're going to, in the English, <laughs> you're going to see physical outside-in descriptions of what it is to be male and female. If you look in the word of God, to be male is one who remembers the commands of God and lives them out. Now let's talk about remembering again. Pop that slide up again about remember. Okay. In Hebrew, in God's language, God is a verb. God's a verb. He is, and some of you who didn't do well in English are going, wait, what's a verb again? <laughs> a verb is the one who does the action. If you tell me that you're a writer, it, you tell me that you're an artist. You tell me that you want to be a minister. You want to be a pastor, that you're a mother, you're a father. That tells me about you because it tells me what you do. You're telling me what your verbs. Pronouns are the most insignificant words in all of the English language. And in fact, if the whole idea is going to fall on itself, it doesn't work because in the romantic languages, in Italian, for example, we, see, English is a non-gendered language, you guys, okay? But if you study the Romance languages, if you study Latin, it's all feminine or masculine. La bella donna in Italian. The beautiful woman. La bella donna. It's, everything is feminine. The article is feminine. The verb is, or excuse me, the adjective is feminine. The noun is feminine. The whole thing is feminine. In Hebrew... Not only is the noun feminine or masculine, the table is either masculine or feminine in the Hebrew. It's one or the other. The word of God is 100% completely gendered. Everything has a gender in the word of God. You cannot extract pronouns. You cannot do it from the Hebrew. Why? Because even the verbs have a gender. In Hebrew, movement is either masculine or it is feminine. When we see God and the spirit of God, God is a masculine word in the Hebrew. Okay, God created. He tells us to remember, we're gonna remember. God created and the spirit of God was hovering. The spirit is a feminine word. God is a masculine word. Spirit is a feminine word in the Hebrew. And the spirit is hovering. You ever see your mom hovering? Moving? Is mama moving around the house? Okay, that's, that's, a, that's, a spirit, that's a feminine movement. God is creating woman hovering. Okay? So everything, everything in here is either masculine or feminine. And it's actually like drop dead gorgeous and amazingly powerful. So God is a verb. To be a human being is a verb in the Bible. To be a human being is one who is made in the likeness of God and reflects him. It is not a physical thing. It is not outside in. It is inside out. I am telling you, Jesus, give me the words, the opposite of what the world is telling you. It is the opposite. It could not be more opposite. To be male is one who remembers the commands of God and lives them out. That is your function. 
That is your calling. That is your purpose to remember the commands of God and act them out. And this remembering is a very interesting word. It's actually that we go back so that we can go forward. It is a remembering that remembers back so that we can move forward with new understanding. It is to mark. It is to memorialize. It is to, uh, to act also and speak on behalf of the family. That's what I want you to know is that it's no, after studying this, I understand why Jesus was male. Because the male acts or speaks on behalf of the family. He is the one who memorializes and passes down the family name through his name. This is not a cultural construction. This is in the definition of the word male. He acts and speaks on behalf of the family. He represents the family and is responsible for memorializing and recording the family name. That's why in the Old Testament, the family names are passed down through the male because in the definition of the word male is one who memorializes or records the lineage of the family. Okay? Now, I want to go deeper. Male, Zakar. If you look at the ancient pictographic language, okay, in other words, not modern Hebrew, pictographic Hebrew, okay, pictographic Hebrew looks like caveman letters, okay, and it is read right to left. So the first letter in the word male is the zayin, that is the plow, that is the weapon, okay, a man takes the plow and he works the soil from which he came. He was created from soil. He is a weapon and a source of nourishment and protection on behalf of the family. Glad for you. Because if a burglar comes to my house, I know who's grabbing the weapon. My husband's grabbing the weapon. Now, it doesn't mean I can't learn to use a weapon, but I don't know how to use a weapon. I'm going to hide. I'm going to protect the kids. My husband's going to the door. And I respect that. And I honor that. The man's name begins with the Zayin. It is also represents the sword of the spirit. The, one, the sword of the spirit. What does the sword of the spirit do? What does this word do? It nourishes us. And it protects us. That is is in the word male. Let me tell you, a lot of people believe, and they've always said it, women are the nurturers. It's actually not true. I'm sorry, we got to put it back up there. On male, it's actually not true. It is the man who nurtures the soil of the family. He uses the plow to work for his family. The second word, or the second letter, see every letter of the Hebrew alphabet is a verb. <laughs> Every letter, it has meaning. The second one, the calf, is one who comes to God with an open hand to provide for his family. The third one is the resh. The resh you only see in the name male. It means first, topped, beginning, accountable. The male is the one who is accountable to God for the family in the Hebrew male. Okay, thank you. 
Why is it that when Eve ate the apple, God questioned Adam? Eve's the one who entertained the serpent because Adam was the first, Adam was the head, Adam was responsible and speaks on behalf of the family. And the fact that he allowed Eve to make an agreement with the enemy, God goes in the garden. Um, Adam, first head beginning. So to be male in the Hebrew is function. What is it to be female? To be female, the word is nekeva. Nekeva means to make a hole by piercing. I won't go into exactly what you can imagine that means, but it is basically one who is pierced through, okay? In the Hebrew letters, the first letter of the woman female is the nun. Again, we read right to left. In the pic, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not showing you the pictographic. Let me show you the pictographic Hebrew. In the pictographic Hebrew, the first letter is the nun. That means one who would continue the life through her seed or heir. Where is the battle between us and Satan? It's between our seed. Why the abortion? Because Satan wants to take away our ability to bring life. It is only the female that can bring life into the world, and that's why he hates us so much because Satan wanted to be like God. And he wanted to be the one who was adored and the one who could create, and he can't do that. But the woman was given that gift to co-create with God and bring life into the world. The first letter in her name is one who would continue this life in the house. The second letter in the woman's name, female, looks like a sun setting. It is about the circle of time. The, while, the fe, while the male remembers the commands of God and lives them out and nourishes the family through the weapon and the open palm of protection and provision, the female continues the circle of life through her womb. That is what it means to be female. That's why he wants our wombs. That's why he wants our seed. Now, if you keep reading the bet, the third letter, again, left or right to left, the third letter, the bet is the house. The female, the house is the dwelling place of God. It is shaped like the womb and the rabbis used to always teach it about woman that that letter bet represented the womb, the protection of life, in the house. The fourth and final letter of the word female in Hebrew is the hay. The hay appears twice in Yahweh, God's name. The hay means one who can perceive or see and reveal. The hay looks like a man standing in front of a window. It is a picture of Praise. What does a man need most from a woman? Praise. It is a picture of revelation. It is a picture of one who can announce. And the root in the word female, the root is called neged. It means one who announces and one who reveals and one who proclaims. Whenever you see the hay on the end of a Hebrew word, that word is female. The female brings revelation and insight into the home, community, and nation. Her name means one who would declare, 
What is the first word Jesus said when he rose from the dead? Woman. He met Mary Magdalene, a woman who, like me, threw, threw out demons from her. She was a single woman. But the female is the one who pronounces and brings revelation. That's why when in the church and in the world and in relationships and in marriages, when the woman is trying to reveal and bring announcement and bring revelation, when the male authority, because of the, of the fall, when he tries to press her down, the Holy Spirit can't rise up. And so when man and woman are together, we have a weapon that brings protection and nourishment. And we have one who continues life in the house and her voice brings revelation. The first word Jesus said when he rose from the dead and appeared according to the book of John, he said, woman, go and tell, bring the hay, bring the revelation bring the good news. But the men did not believe her, and he sternly rebuked them. What is it to be a woman? What is it to be a man? In the beginning, God created. We see two different accounts of creation in the Word of God. The first time, he just says, look, I create light, dark, land, sea, plants, animals, male, female, and it's good, okay? He's a God of order, and he brings goodness in uniting what is opposite. Sun, moon, land, sea, male, female. He only says it's good and then very good when he creates male and female because he says that they are made in my image and likeness. The word image is masculine. The word likeness is feminine. He creates us both in his image and likeness as a God and the spirit of God. And he gave us Jesus as a male to carry on the family line. The woman brings revelation. The man in Genesis 2, he's created from dust. He's created from soil. What is the soil? The soil is the one who brings nourishment. Like I said, you know, men who are nurturers have really gotten a bad rap. It's a lie that men aren't nurturers. They're created from soil. And from the soil, they bring life. All of the minerals for life to grow come from the soil. It is the responsibility of the father in the home to create an environment in which life can flourish. If he poisons his own soil, the house will fall on itself. You've seen it. Some of you have experienced it. The man is soil. He comes from the place through which all life is nourished and all life grows and his calling is to cultivate the soil with that plow with an open palm and nourish his family with it that is in your name men woman 
What does she come from? See, Jesus, or God says in his word, I'm so confused by this timer. I need someone to tell me how much more time. I have. Oh, is it 1.30? Okay, I've got 15 more minutes. That timer's wrong. Sorry. I have 15 more minutes? Thank you. Um, will you give me a, a sign when I only have five? Okay, thank you. So the only time God says that there's a problem in the garden is when there's nobody that is like Adam. He creates him from the soil. He breathes the breath of life. That word breath has the same letters as it does to be woman. He breathes the breath of life into Adam. And then he says, it's not good for Adam to be alone. But before he says that, He gives Adam a a charge. He says, Adam, you can eat from all of the abundance. All of this, have at it. Everything that brings life, it's yours. But don't eat from the one tree in the garden that produces death. As soon as he says that, he goes, wait is not good for a man to be alone. See, aloneness in the Hebrew brings destruction. What happened to many in your generation over COVID is a testament to this. To be alone in the Hebrew is to be destroyed. It is to be separated. It is to perish. His whole life and functionality would come to ruin. He would experience devastation from separation. So when God said it is not good for man to be alone, he also said, I just gave him a command not to eat from that one tree and guess what he's gonna go do? He's gonna stick his hand in the candy dish. Okay, alcoholics, drug addicts, social media addicts, is it good for them to be alone? No, right, because they, they need a brother, right? They need a friend. They need a companion to hold them accountable, to walk with them, right? They're going to be destroyed if they're alone. <clears throat> God is three. He created us to, to live in community, man, woman, Holy Spirit. And so he says, it's not good. He'll be destroyed if he's alone. So I'm going to make him an Ezer Kenegdo. And Ezer Kenegdo is a really interesting word in the Bible. The Ezer is translated as helper, but it kind of comes across like an assistant. It's not like an assistant. The Ezer Kenegdo, the person that God wants to create out of love for Adam, is someone who would help him when he cannot help himself. She's someone who would help him in a way that would save him. It's actually used usually in the Bible in a military sense. The Ezer is used 21 times in the Bible, twice to refer to woman and 19 times to refer to God. It means that he's gonna create one who is like himself to help him in a way that he cannot. This helper, this Ezer, Ezer actually is the right, it's hard to say, but it's an Ezer. This Ezer is in relationship to God and and Israel. 
every time Israel, his people are surrounded by enemies and they're going to experience sheer death, they go, help, help us, deliver us, be our shade, our shield, our sword, and our deliverer, be our help. In every relationship, and Ezer is actually masculine name. He says, Adam's going to need someone like me, someone who's got military strength to help him when he's in trouble. He's going to need an Ezer. He says he's going to need an Ezer, Konegdo. That second word, Konegdo, people say it's hard to translate. It's not. It means one who's face to face with him. If the Azir walks side by side to uphold him, to protect him, to rescue and save, and that is the root word, is one who would rescue and save, uphold and protect. The Konegdo is one who would go face to face with him, who would be in front of his face and would question him if he went a place that he should not go. She would bring revelation. She would bring uh, insight. She would bring the hey. Hey, Adam. Oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Hey, Adam, let's go. That's good. Because see, the woman was created to serve the thing from which she came. And where did she come from? She came from the rib of Adam. When God said it is not good for man to be alone, he, she, he would need a helper opposite of him and complementary to him. He put the man to sleep and he came from, he pulled from his rib. The word rib in the pictographic Hebrew is one that can see, one that can perceive his needs. See, the animals would never be able to do that for Adam. He needed someone by his side who could see him, know him, experience him, respect him, uphold him. The second letter is the staff, one who would guide and shepherd. You will find that staff in both men and women's names in the Bible, that she would shepherd him in her relationship with him. She would nurture and care for him as a man on a journey would not walk alone that is the word rib and so when God created woman from the rib he created her from the side of Adam from the bone God Adam was created from something soft and God called him strong woman was created from something strong and he called her soft Isha man Ish woman Isha Isha means soft, but she was created from bone. What does bone do? Bone upholds. A man can get his legs chopped off, his arms chopped off, and he, can't li and he can live. But he cannot live without the rib. What does the rib do, women? What is our calling? If his calling is to nurture and to cultivate life for the family and pass on the family name, well, who are we? We are bone. He said, you are bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. What does the Bible say about bone? It says that there's marrow in the bone and in the marrow is the life. That the bone would protect him. That she would uphold him. That she would encircle him as a boundary and protect his heart. 
And this is not just man. If you don't have a boyfriend or whatever, no worries. She's an Ezra Konegdo in all of her relationships. Because when God did that, it was mankind. Woman is created to uphold mankind and to nurture and protect the life. That is what we do. That's why the Proverbs say that a woman who speaks shame on a man is like a cancer in his bones. She rots his bones. A woman who doesn't speak life rots mankind. She rots man. Just as a man can poison the soil that he wants to see live, so a woman can also, so a woman can also rot the bones. With what? With her words. With her words. If you go even deeper in looking at the word man in the original Hebrew, not only is he one who remembers and the one who nurtures life and carries on the family name, but his, word, his name means hands of fire. The name man, if you look at the original pictographic Hebrew, it means one who has fiery hands. Now think about that. What does that mean? That man's name means fiery hands because our God is a consuming fire and we are made in his likeness. But in his name is hands on fire. Thank you. Hands on fire is his name. If a man uses his hands to take, eat, desire, and, and, and push down the Holy Spirit of God inside of a woman, he's just hands on fire. He will destroy everything he touches. He will destroy. But if a man uses his hands to nurture and to protect and to cultivate life, when I talk about this, I think of my husband. Because in the modeling industry, the men I was around were taken, eat, but my husband nurtured me. And he brings life to me. And he cultivates an environment with his hands in which I can flourish. What does the word of God say? That your sons would flourish like towering vines and your woman would be pillars of the temple, adorning it with beauty and strength. The pillar of the daughters is the bone. It's the one who upholds the church, upholds the family, upholds the temple, and creates structure in the house. The flourishing vines in the house are the sons. They're created from a man who knows how to nurture the life in his family so that everybody flourishes and become who that God created us to be. The woman... She is made from rib. She's created to protect mankind. The root words in her name means one who's strong and can rescue, can announce and proclaim. She goes side by side to Adam. She protects his heart. Girls, are you protecting their hearts? Are you helping them live out their function, girls? as one who is to obey the commands of God and live them out. We were created to serve mankind. He was created to work the soil. We were created to protect and uphold him. 
That is what an Ezra Konegdo is. That is what a woman is in God's eyes. She brings insight and revelation. And lastly, her name, Isha, means breath of fire. His name means hands on fire. His hands will either protect and build life or kill and destroy. Her name means breath on fire. One who would announce and proclaim and bring life to the church, to the community, to the nation, to the home with her words. Ever met a girl who was kind of like a fiery, breathing dragon? Uh, yeah. Guys, how many girls do you see out there just wagging their tongues, gossiping? destroying, putting people down, using their voice. I'll tell you what, you are not living out the verb of who you are as a woman when you do that. When you are using your voice to bring destruction, you are partnering with the enemy about who you are. See, if you take the two letters that are different in man and woman. Let me, let me just show you with my hands here. Man, breath, or hands on fire has three letters. Woman, breath of fire has three letters. Two of the letters are the same. They mean fire. The third letter, when you pull it out, comes together and spells Yah. The first two letters in Yahweh. Without Yahweh in our relationships, we're just going to destroy each other. Without Yahweh, we're just fire, that fire-breathing dragon women, destructive men. But with Yah, with God, with his name in our name, we reflect his image. We cultivate life. We breathe life. What is a man He is one who nurtures and cultivates life. His name means life. What is a woman? She is one who continues the cycle of life in the home, community, and nation. Only through her will God, through the seed and within her, continue the family, the life in the family and in the home. She is the one who guards the home, who brings structure to the home. The name mother means strength over chaos. The name father means strength of the house. It is important for you to understand why am I teaching you all this in such a serious tone? Because you are the strength over the chaos. You are the strong leader of the house. And you will give an account to God for how you use your hands. And women, you will give an account on how you use your voice. Do not debate gender ideology, pronouns, and the like. Talk about your verbs. Tell people who you are. Nurture and nourish the life within you. And if you do that, you will cultivate the house of God and uphold it in a way that no man can break down. Let's pray.
God, you are so faithful. Everybody in this room right now, as you put your head down, I want you to imagine in your mind a lie you might be believing about who you are as a man or a woman or a male or a female or anything. The lie begins with I am. I want you to imagine that lie for just a moment. We're going to take a couple minutes before you leave. What are you believing about yourself that's not true? And now I want you to picture Jesus. I want you to picture his eyes. I want you to tell him in your mind's eye the lie that you believed. Picture Jesus, look into his eyes. Ask him, how do you see me? How do you see me? Raise your hand when you get the answer. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your heads down. Raise your hand when you get the answer. Ask God, how do you see me? And I want you to turn that into an I am statement. And when you have it, I want you to raise your hand. I see you. Good. 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 Keep your hands raised high if you got it. How do you see me, God? He's going to say, you are. Good. Keep going. Good. In the back, I see you. Ask him. Turn that statement into an I am statement right now. I am. Hmm. I am one who lives the commands of God. I am a nurturer. I am the breath of life. I am chosen. I am salt. I am light. Look at me. <clears throat> the older people are really overwhelmed about what's happening in the culture. I'm not worried about it. You're called to such a time as this. It's going to be up to you to preserve the name woman. It's going to be up to you to preserve the name man. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Am A Woman podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please take a minute and write us a review. Reviews, especially five-star reviews, help us get the word out about our podcast or share this with a woman in your life or share these messages with a pastor or a church where you think they would benefit from hearing that. Thank you guys so much for all your support. And also by the end of the year, please consider becoming a regular contributor of You Are More. Our ministry is fully donor funded and we appreciate every single person who steps up to give so that we can continue offering these messages free of charge. So go to our website, youaremore.org. That's the letter U, the letter R, M-O-R-E dot org slash donate to make an end of year gift today. Thanks so much and blessings. The holidays are coming and we're excited. Remember, I'm a woman and my name means life.